the name of God who made us and who loves us and keeps us. Amen. Be seated. We don't know for certain who wrote Ecclesiastes, one of the wisdom books in Hebrew scriptures. It's not really like the others. For the most part, it doesn't read like poetry, like the book of Psalms. It's not a story like Job. It isn't a collection of sayings like Proverbs or of ethical teachings like Sirach. It doesn't sing of God's eternal wisdom, the fashioner of all things, as the writer of the wisdom of Solomon does. Ecclesiastes is more of an extended meditation on the meaning and mostly meaninglessness of life. Vanity of vanities says the writer, who is called a teacher and who some have said is King Solomon, but it doesn't sound like him. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity, the writer says. And the Hebrew word there means breath or vapor, something that is insubstantial, transitory, futile. I saw all the deeds that are done under the sun and see all is vanity and a chasing after wind. It's also, it's almost impossible to read Ecclesiastes without sighing. <laughs> so that the end of every verse, at the end of every verse, the writer might as well have added, he said gloomily. <laughs> and it's actually Eeyore, Winnie the Pooh's melancholy friend for whom everything was an unhappy business. It's Eeyore whose voice I always hear when I read this text. Once, when Eeyore lost his tail, Christopher Robin tacked it back on and said, there now, did I get your tail back on properly? And Eeyore answered, no matter. Most likely lose it again anyway. Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. And the truth is we've all felt this way. When a task has been hard, when an outcome has been disappointing, when tragedy has struck, when success has proved fleeting, it is an unhappy business that God has given human beings to be busy with, says the writer of Ecclesiastes, gloomily. For all their days are full of pain, and their work is a vexation. Even at night, their minds do not rest. We work and we work and we work, and even if we accumulate and accumulate and accumulate, one day we will be gone, and all that we worked for, all that we gathered, all that we accumulated will be left behind, no longer ours to claim or control. And just because we can't control it, though, doesn't mean that we don't try to. We just work harder, we accumulate more, we replace our sighing with stuff and savings that keep us from having to give up our hearts to despair quite yet. Our minds are 
of necessity, we tell ourselves, set on things of earth where food and drink, clothing and shelter, education and healthcare and everything under the sun takes some work to produce and costs some money to have. Work has value. It uses our variety of God-given gifts. It invites creativity and innovation. It provides resources for community. And it earns us the ability to have what we need to live. The land of a rich man produced abundantly, Jesus begins. And for those who heard the parable then and for us today, it would have been clear that work had been done, perhaps by the man himself, probably, though, by others, and certainly by the grace of God who sent the sunlight and rain, who gives growth to seeds and hearts and minds. The man, whose barns are already full, does with his windfall what most of us would do on sound advice from our financial planners. He builds bigger barns, insulating himself from the anxiety that we all feel that without that much grain set aside, we just might starve. If not today, then someday, when there's not such a good harvest. That's the someday that we anticipate when our minds are set on things of earth, the day when the harvest isn't so good, and it's prudent to plan. But nothing, no planning, whether we are rich or poor, foolish or wise, says the psalmist, nothing prepares us for the someday that the writer of Ecclesiastes fears, the someday in Jesus's parable. You fool, God says to the rich man. This very night, your life is demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? And the parable ends right there. Jesus doesn't tell us how the man responds, but only that anyone who measures life in this way, our minds set on earthly things, is a similar fool and will meet the same fate. Vanity of vanities. Take care, Jesus says, for life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. How then are we to live? Back in the hundred acre wood, on that day that Eeyore loses his tail, Winnie the Pooh is worried about his friend. The story goes, Pooh felt that he ought to say something helpful, but he didn't know quite what. So he decided to do something helpful instead. All is not vanity. For those who trust in God, who follow Jesus Christ, who have been baptized into his death and resurrection. For us, life is more than what we earn and what we have. It is what we have been given.
and what we give. What we accumulate in our barns, our storage boxes, our bank accounts, what ends at death, those are earthly things. Life in Christ gives far more and demands far more and counts as its only currency, love. The sin of the rich fool is not that he had more grain than he needed. It is that he did not need anything or anyone else, and that he did not consider how others might need him. So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, Jesus says, but are not rich toward God. The fool in the parable thinks only of himself. He speaks through the whole thing only to himself. He is grateful only for himself. He acts only on his own behalf. And when his life is demanded of him, he will have nothing that he has valued, nothing that gave his life meaning. We don't know what happened next. Perhaps the man turned and gave up his heart to despair. Perhaps he sighed gloomily. Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps he put to death his foolishness and came alive, loving God with all his heart and soul and mind and strength and loving his neighbor as himself. In the words of leadership guru Simon Sinek, we can try to build a happy life alone, but why would we? Together is better. Indeed, in Christ, together is the only way to live. For love and mercy and forgiveness and generosity and inclusion and community only have value as gifts of God and as our gifts to each other. A little consideration, even unhappy Eeyore can say. A little consideration, a little thought for others, makes all the difference, or so they say. He's still Eeyore. Jesus calls us beyond ourselves, beyond our barns, beyond our fears, beyond the edges of our own fields, bringing all that we have for Christ himself to bless and break and share. Life in Christ can't be earned, but it does take work. It can't be grasped, but it does require us to reach out our hands. It can't be hoarded or even possessed, but oh, it is abundant. 
It transforms even our earthly things and makes them able to reveal the glory of God as we use them to meet the needs of those around us where there is not enough grain, not enough food, not enough welcome, not enough safety, not enough happiness and welcome and inclusion. Even death is no longer in vain. For our life in Christ only begins here. It will continue where sorrow and sighing are no more, but life everlasting. Friends, let us not be fools, but faithful. Our lives are demanded of us now. This day and every day in every moment by Christ who is all and is in all. May we put to death in ourselves our greed, our vanity, our fear that we do not have enough or cannot be enough or cannot do enough and come alive together to love, to show mercy, to forgive, to be generous, to include. And then all these things that we have prepared in love, wonder of wonders, whose will they get to be? Amen.